With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Roddy takes the snap. He'll look to the right side. He's throwing deep again, going to the end zone, up in the air. Touchdown, Eskimos! Adarius Bowman! Hey, that's three! From Carpat and Finland, Jesse Porgy takes the snap, and J.C. Sherritt goes over the top. The Eskimo defense has done it. Eskimos win the football game. It is short. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Well, hi-de-ho, neighbor. Thanks for tuning in tonight. We have the Blue Jays in a 2-2 tie with the Angels. That one is in the bottom of the third at Rogers Center. The Blue Jays are also tied for the lead in the American League East with the Boston Red Sox, who have a 1-0 advantage on Tampa Bay in the top of the third. Baltimore hanging around two games back. The O's lead the Nationals 3-zip. That game's in the top of the third. We'll keep you updated throughout the evening. The Edmonton Eskimos at home. Yeah, they're playing a lot of home games in the first half of the season on Friday against the struggling Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Ched. 6 o'clock for the pregame show. 8 o'clock for the kickoff, all live right here on 6.30. Chad, a little bit of hockey news today. Jamie Benn will not be able to play for Team Canada in the upcoming World Cup of Hockey. He's still getting over that core muscle surgery he had in July. Logan Couture from the San Jose Sharks will replace Ben on the team. And uh, you've probably been hearing the ads right here on 6.30. Ched, we will have select games uh, from the uh, World Cup of Hockey broadcast right here on 6.30, Chet, including all of the Canada games and uh, all of the playoff games as well. So that's going to be fun. It starts on September 15th in Toronto. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. It's 6.08. My name is Reed Wilkins. Kellen Kennedy hanging out on the other side of the window as your studio producer. This opening half hour of the show is presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Going to be fun. Fun tonight between 7 and 8. Edmonton's own Gene Principe, host of Oilers Hockey on Sportsnet, is going to join us in studio. We usually do this every summer with Gene. Always fun to have him in. Dave Campbell with an Eskimos update as well. And off the top, we're going to jump into it here with a little bit of hockey talk. And uh, by the way, we're uh, counting down to the season. Counting down to the season. Just over a month away from an Oilers preseason game at Rogers Place and uh, I don't know if you've heard me mention this before I, I got to check out Rogers Place uh, two or three weeks ago got a little bit of a tour to, to take a look at uh, the broadcast facilities we'll have there so to to get there got to walk through other areas of the building now there's still a lot of work going on I mean it's not quite finished there's going to be the big open house for the public coming up on uh, September 10th and so, you know, some finishing touches being putting on. Certainly, the 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 sense that I got of the bu- the building just so much more spacious than what we've been used to at Rexall Place slash uh, Northlands Coliseum. 
and it's going to be a very modern building. And I think fans are just going to find it a lot more of a convenient and uh, open and welcoming place to walk up, watch a hockey game. It, it is a modern building. At one, at one point, Northlands Coliseum was a modern building. It is no longer. So uh, Rogers Place, I mean, the stuff that struck me was the the width of the concourses, the ease of getting around. Um, you know, I think for uh, fans, certainly in the upper deck, if you want to call them nosebleeds, fine. Uh, probably more convenient to get to your seat, more convenient for the amenities, the concessions and the washrooms nearby. So all that kind of stuff. It's going to be fun to be uh, covering and watching games in that building. And of course, uh, I would expect that when the season does start, and, and Connor McDavid was asked about this at the BioSteel camp in in uh, Toronto. He's he's uh, been skating there for a couple of days. Taylor Hall is there. Uh, Darnell Nurse, whole bunch of other NHLers. You know, t- uh, Connor McDavid said, "Well, it, it, you know, it'd be it'd be a, amazing to be the captain of the team." I I, I expect that Connor McDavid will be the next captain of the Edmonton Oilers. I expect that he will be their highest scoring player this season should he play the whole season. And uh, he very well could be one of the highest scoring players in the whole NHL. Here's Benoit Pouliot gathering in over the line. McDavid is in. Reset Granlund and Latestu tie up and on the dot. It's pulled free by Zach Cassian. Example of what my partner was talking about. Ahead to McDavid has a step. Rich shot score! Connor McDavid, a brilliant individual play, fending off Jared Spurgeon and banging one home to give Edmonton a 2 1 lead. Two of McDavid's 16 goals from last season. He had 48 points in 45 games, as I'm sure you, uh, you all remember. Um, it's it's interesting to me, and, and one of the discussion points I want to bring to you tonight is is a bit of a simple question. And, and look, I, I don't really think there is a debate about who the captain is going to be. I, I, to, to me, there is no other option. It's going to be Connor McDavid. They didn't name anybody last year, you know, I think to kind of hold that spot for him. I don't think they wanted to give it to him as a rookie. Sure, it would have been great if he would have played the entire season. So when when people say to me, well, do you think McDavid is going to be the captain? It's To me, it's an absolute slam dunk. He's going to be the captain of the team. Todd McClellan said at the Mark Spector uh, Golf Classic a few weeks ago, we will have a captain. You know, they're not saying who it's going to be now. They'll wait till training camp this year, and all the team is back from the World Cup, I would think. But he will be the, the captain of the Oilers. So one simple question to you is, who are your alternate captains? Who are your alternate captains going to be? That's probably, to me, a little bit more of a mystery. Could it be a new player like Milan Lucic? As certainly the Oilers, I don't want to say they're going in a totally new direction, but the makeup of the roster is a little different. And and I think, you know, Shirelli has, Peter Shirelli, the general manager, has been molding the roster a little bit more now in the image of what he thinks a successful NHL roster looks like. You know what's interesting, guys? Uh, I was, I was. Uh, f- we have a f- folder here on our computers that has all the Oilers highlights from going back several seasons. Actually, Kellen, y- you and Matt Panashik are responsible for cutting all the highlights. So, Chat archives, yeah. So I, I just double check McDavid's game log. You yeah. find games where he goals. I go, I go where he had a goal. I go into the folder, find the highlights for that game, and you just cut out the goals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
for super some, simple. For some reason, I started listening to uh, an edition of Overtime Open Line that Rob Brown and I do after every game. All right. Um, so we it, it was it was after a four nothing loss to Arizona on March twelfth. The Oilers losing to Arizona. What else is new? All right. Um, and. A caller called in, and, and we got a question we often got about problems. You know, are there problems in the Oilers' dressing rooms? Are there attitude problems that the players give up too easily? Are they discouraged because of all the losing seasons? All that kind of stuff. Mm. And I want to play, because this was from March 12th, remember, before anything, obviously before anything happened in the offseason. It was after the trade deadline. Sure. But obviously, you know, before the playoffs and, and all the things that happened. Here's Here's Rob's answer well i think what's gonna you're gonna see is status quo is no more i think peter shirelli said okay uh, what what has been acceptable here where the bar was for work ethic for for discipline for for dedication for for any of those things well it's too low we're raising the bar and you either hop over that bar uh, and you're a part of the Oilers organization going forward, or if you don't want to reach that bar, if you don't find that acceptable to to your liking, then we'll find another another team for you. I think one of the biggest things, I mean, there's a lot of deficiencies in this team that Peter Shirelli has to address, and he's going to have to address, you know, the defensive situation. He's going to have to address some bottom six forwards and, and possibly some size again on the top six. But I think the players that are coming in, they have to have a certain skill set, but I also think there's got to be a certain attitude that comes with these players. I think they've got to come in with a little cachet. They've got to come in with with uh, uh, a confidence where they can stand up in the dressing room and say, you know what, you guys may be the stars of this team, but the stars have not taken this team to where it needs to be. This is the work ethic we need in practice. This is what is acceptable at the end of a game. Here's how you make a line change. Here's how you be disciplined during the game. They need players that can stand up in the dressing. They don't need fluff players to come in just because of the skill they have. They need solid, solid, uh, dedicated players in the Matt Hendricks fold that can play big minutes and can stand up in that dressing room, and when they talk, everybody listens. You know what's interesting to me? I hear that stuff from Rob Brown, and long before we knew it was going to happen, he's kind of describing Milan Lucic, isn't he? Player with cachet, with confidence, who can provide some work ethic, who can clearly demonstrate what's acceptable and what isn't, who can play a detailed game, who isn't a fluff player, who's dedicated, who is solid, and is in the Matt Hendricks fold, but can play more significant minutes than Matt Hendricks can. That's that's kind of Milan Lucic, and for that reason, and a few people have already been writing this in, I think Milan Lucic is going to be one of the alternate captains on the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Wanna, you know, let's talk about uh, leadership, attitude, that sort of direction of the club as we move along tonight. Mark is on the open line, 780-496-0063. Hey, Mark. Hi, Reid. I always just uh, listening to Rob there. I always like listening to his post-game things, and he always has level-headed th- uh, stuff to say. Not that I don't like listening to you when you're on with him, but I just wanted to comment that Rob is like listening to his comments. Anyways, I had kind of an off-the-wall question for you. It, it rekindled my memory when you played them two two goals of uh, McDavid's a few minutes ago. Do you have any knowledge on the new in the new uh, arena here? Are they doing uh, a lot of things different to amp up their in-game production? Because it's by far one of the worst in the league. That stupid horn that you that reminded me when you played the one goal there like look at Chicago when they score a goal oh, Minnesota just today changed their goal song and stuff yeah you get something a little bit more exciting they, they are in the entertainment business after all 
Yeah, I'm not, I can't, I don't know any detailed answers to that, Mark, at this point, and I'll probably see it when the rest of you see it. Okay. Uh, I would think they will have more technological capabilities. Um, yeah, like that, like that I think the horn was just the lamest thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the gold horn's going to be back or not. I, I think they'll be able to use the ice kind of as a projector, like Montreal does. If you've ever seen that type of stuff, I think that's in play. Um, you know, there's going to be more LED stuff for displays and things like that. I don't know if there's going to be a new goal song. They use, they've used Stadium Love. Uh, is that by Metric, Kellen, for the last for the last two or three years? I don't. I honestly don't know about the goal yeah. horn. I'll, I'll, I, I'll, I know some people like the goal horn, but I guess oh, you don't. I hate it. It's more annoying than anything else. It's just, <laughs> it's just like. A, and look at Chicago, how that crowd gets going when they score. Well, the did, team's also been a lot better too, right? Choice of song today. Pardon me. Did you hear the Wild's new ch- new choice for goal song? Today? Isn't it "Let's Go Crazy" by Prince? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I think I think that's all. That's going to get the crowd pumped up just like in Chicago. Yeah. Well, you got to remember though, Chicago's been a good team, and the Oilers haven't. And ten years ago, you probably wouldn't have been complimenting the crowd in Chicago, right? Well, I don't know what they <laughs> played ten years ago. Well, they weren't a good team. The they weren't a good team well, ten years ago. They had a good song for the Oilers back then, a goal song. But I don't know why they ever went away from a goal song with just a stupid foghorn thing. Well, no, they do play a song after the horn. It's, sta- it's oh. Stadium Love by Metric. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll have to play that because I don't know the song. Okay, it's <laughs> okay, okay, Mark. Thanks. thanks for calling. Our old buddy Chris from Phoenix is up next. Lines are open seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. It's Inside Sports on Chad. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Blue Jays now up 3-2 on the Angels. That game is in the bottom of the fourth. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Remember Gene Principe coming in studio. In studio. Between 7 and 8 tonight. That'll always be fun to catch up with Gene. Chris from Phoenix. Haven't heard from him in a while. Chris, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. What's going on, man? Hey, buddy. Just driving through Scottsdale looking at all the pretty people. Um, <laughs> How pretty are they? Uh, watch. I, it, I, it just ceases to amaze me. Like, I'm, I'm pulling up next to this girl that I don't know if she's much older than, I don't know, like 18, and she's driving a Tesla. So it just kind of makes me laugh. Um, What's the temperature today? I always ask you that. Uh, nine. It was like in the nineties today, so that's like what high, like forty maybe. I yeah, it's pretty hot. Remember, it, it's not bad. It, it's actually cooling down. Um, <laughs> before I get to my point, hey, uh, is, is, does Brian Hall lie? Is Tony Roma's really the best ribs in golf? Well, in his opinion. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> all, all right, before uh, my, now my topic. That's I have, great. Uh, I have. No, <laughs> I, I have to. You know, I'm just full of wisecracks. Um, as far as uh, the Oilers goal horns, we have to score some more goals. So to be honest, I don't care if they play itsy bitsy spider over the over the loud PA. As long as they're popping the puck in the net, I really don't care. To me, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, are, are we going to be known for the best goal horn, but yet we still are in the bottom of the league? I really don't care. Um, uh, Connor McDavid, great choice to be his captain. I have nothing against Connor. He's our best player, probably our hardest working player. Um, I, I don't care if, if people don't think that he might not be loud in the room or whatever. We have the Lombardians. That's all we really need as, as an alternate. Can you can you imagine being an Oilers player in that dressing room, coming off from a period where you know you didn't give it 110, percent 
and Milan is staring you in the face, getting her to give you an uppercut or something. You know, could you just imagine that? You know, whether or not that would happen or not, I have no idea. I, I, we've always heard like rumors of, of mess in the room and how he would have no problem getting in people's faces if they weren't given it all on the ice. So, so Connor and Milan, and uh, I'll throw a, a, a different one out there. I would find seeing Ryan Newton Hopkins with the A. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. I think I think this year Ryan is going to have an amazing season. Uh, people, uh, what's it called? Uh, there was that signing of uh, I can't even think who, who just recently signed in Chicago or in Calgary. It was uh, it was what's his face uh, Monahan. Oh, Monahan, yeah. For six point three, and people are are always complaining about Ryan Nugent Hopkins and how he's overpaid. You know what? Ryan's getting paid six million. He's probably the other's best two way player. He had he had fifty two fifty two points his rookie season where he was actually driving. People talk about Taylor Hall being the driver, you know, the driver last year. You know what? I seem to recall Ryan Nugent Hopkins being a driver that first year until he got hurt, that fluke injury. Then he came back and decided he realized that he needed a better two-way game. So he actually took away from, from his offensive instincts. I guarantee you if he didn't work on his two-way game, he'd probably still be racked up the points. The guy was an amazing driver his first, first, first year and a half. Yeah, well, he, he got a lot of points on the power play in his first season, and nothing, and nothing wrong with that. Nugent Hopkins, I mean, you hope he stays healthy. And I, like, there are a lot of things I like about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I think he's a good all-around player. I think he's got a little bit of a, a mean streak uh, when needed. Um, but, I mean, he had a stretch. Didn't he hit 20, 22 games without a goal last year? That 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 can't happen. I mean, he's got a... And easy for me to say, but he's got to figure out a way to, to be. And do you remember there was that stretch after Christmas where the, McDavid was hurt and there was like a stretch of 10 games where Mark Letestu was the only center who had a goal on the team? I mean, that that kind of stuff can't happen. So for Nuge, it's, I, I agree, there's good offensive numbers. Uh, he's just got to find a way to not kind of disappear offensively for long stretches of time and still be a good defender. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's a fair point, and I, I remember that too. But you know, unfortunately for the Oilers, it seems like when one person, one player is is on a, in a cold slump, like the whole team seems to, to follow suit. Not named Connor, right? So, so I think I think this year is going to be going to be a little bit different. I'm actually optimistic. I wish that we added another right shot defenseman, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. And uh, let's go Oilers. All right, Chris, I know we'll talk again soon. That is Chris from Phoenix checking in. You can text 630-630. We're talking about captaincy, leadership, resolve, confidence, details, all that kind of stuff on the Oilers going into the season. Eskimos talk and Gene Principe still to come as well. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Well, thanks for tuning in tonight. Chris from Phoenix called in and made a quip about Brian Hall and Tony Romas. It's funny, uh, Kellen. I remember it was February of 2002. Okay. I just sounded like Estelle Getty off the Golden Girls. Didn't that? <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. How, how she started all her stores. I, I remember I remember the winter of 2002 because that was when that public school trustee strike was. 
for the public system. So I wasn't in school at the time, so the Olympics were on. So we stayed at home and watched the Olympics, the entire Olympic hockey tournament. What was the name of Estelle's Getty character on uh, on Estelle Getty's character on the Golden Girls? Uh, the, the old mother was it Sophia? Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that, sure. So I wasn't anyway, a big Golden Girls fan, though. So anyway, it was February 2002. The Salt Lake Olympics were on. That's mm-hmm. where I'm going with this. Yeah. And it was a big day. I, I was working in Lloydminster. And I remember the Eskimos traded Neilon Green to Saskatchewan because Jason Moss had passed him as the team's quarterback yeah. during the 01 season. Uh, also on, on that same day, Becky Scott of Vermillion won what was then an Olympic bronze medal in cross-country skiing. It was later upgraded to silver and then gold because the two uh, athletes ahead of her were, were found guilty of doping. Big moment. Uh, I think I went to Vermilion. So we we covered Becky, and she'd been in the 98 Olympics. So, I mean, we'd done stories with, with Becky leading into the Olympics. She was very well known in the area and now was nationally known because of that. I think I wound up going to Vermilion that day and interviewing some of her, you know, uh, old coaches and kids at a school and stuff like that. Yeah, she has a trail named after her there now too, I believe, a cross-country skiing trail and that stuff. So uh, at some point I was listening to Chet and uh, Brian Hall was on and his lead sports story was the uh, the Neilon Green trade. I think it was for Dan Comiskey. I can't remember who else was involved. Pretty big story. And then he had Becky Scott, Northern Alberta person, winning a Olympic medal. Huge right. story. So I'm listening to these two stories. Halsey's got all the details. You know, it's exciting stuff. And then he says, well, what else is happening today? Oh, look at this. And oh, it was a Tuesday. This is a, this is a huge story too. This is, in his, this is in his sports cast, part of his sports cast. So he's already done the neon green trade. He's, always done, he's already done an Olympic gold medal. And he's sitting there and he's saying, well, look at this. This is, this is huge. What a, what a day. And I'm like, oh my God, what what did I miss? What else happened? What what like, he's he's got something that's third in his sports cast. It sounds like any other day it would be the top story. Yeah, yeah you're this, faking. This is incredible. You're faking at this point. What this, this Lemieux is, scored five goals tonight to against Belarus or what? You know. <laughs> so he goes. Now it's Tuesday. It's a rib special at Tony Romas. <laughs> that was the third item in his sports cast. That was cool. Build up. I'll never and forget then pay that. Payoff, right? <laughs> I'll never forget that. Love Brian Hall. I do love him. Uh, it's Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins, by the way. That other voice is Kellen Kennedy. He's our studio producer, producer this evening. The uh, Oilers farm team in the American Hockey League is the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, as expected, they will be playing an outdoor game January 7th against the Ontario Rain at Bakersfield College Memorial Stadium. That was confirmed today. They got pictures on their website of uh, what the rink will look like uh, in the middle of uh, the field. So that's pretty cool. Uh, You can text 630-630, phone number 780-496-0063. We're talking a little bit about Oilers' captaincy and leadership and uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Sean says, Maroon or Hendricks as captain and McDavid with an A for now. Well, I'm telling you what. That's not going to happen. McDavid will be the captain. That, that's a no-doubter. Dave Leppard says, Hey, Reed, I totally agree with you about McDavid being named the captain soon. I think the Oilers planned that last season, and that's why they did not name a guy for last year. How do you think the veterans on the team will react? Well, I think they're going to be fine with it because I think all the veterans on the team understand 
who and what Connor McDavid is. I, I mean, in, and in most cases, I would be saying, you know, don't don't rush a guy, don't make him the captain too soon. But McDavid is different. He is a special case. He's an exceptional talent. And by most accounts, he's an exceptional human being who can handle being a captain and probably wants the responsibility. you got to remember that. A lot of times with these outstanding athletes, they want the responsibility. They're not afraid of it. They don't mind being the focal point. They don't mind being the, you know, the, the face of the franchise or the one who answer the que- answers the questions or who might get heaped on when it's not going well. I, I don't think McDavid is the type of guy to shy away from that. He was a young captain in Erie. Granted, junior hockey, not the same as the NHL, but I just don't see anything that would indicate that he can't handle it. And I, I know, speaking of Oilers veterans, a couple of veterans said to me pretty early last season, that he's the real deal. They could already sense it, the talent, the leadership, the work ethic. And, you know, one one veteran said to me, just wait until he figures the league out. So I, I don't think this is a situation where Matt Hendricks or Patrick Maroon or somebody else has to be the captain and you hold the C for McDavid. I, I think it's going to be McDavid. Uh, I think it'll be happen you know, probably shortly before the start of the season. You got to remember McDavid, McClellan, and Drysaitel, and uh, Nugent Hopkins, and Sekera are going to be away from the team for a while at World Cup, depending on how long their teams are able to participate in the tournament. So I would expect once McDavid is back and and gets in the flow, that that announcement will be made. So I, I don't, th- I, I can't see a veteran thinking, oh, why is this kid the captain, or I wanted to be the captain, or why isn't it somebody else on the team. I think everybody understands what is happening here in that dressing room, and everybody recognizes the the special nature of McDavid. So I, I in, in this case, and and, the, and Dave Leppard is right. I think that's why they didn't name a captain last season. They went with the leadership group with all the alternates. Andrew Ference was one of them. He only played, what was it, five or six games. So... Taylor Hall was one of the guys with the letter. He's no longer around. I would not be surprised if Milan Lucic gets an A. Um, other than that, Nugent Howe, I mean, there's been a lot of suggestions on my, my Twitter account. Well, some people have said Hedrick. Some people have said Maroon. I don't think Maroon will be one. Um, Everly, some people have said Clefbaum. A couple people have said Brandon Davidson. I don't know which way they're going to go. I wouldn't be surprised if you keep an A with one of the guys who has had one in the past, whether it's Nugent Hopkins or Everly, or you rotate three guys through the through those roles, but I, I just can't see a scenario when uh, in which McDavid isn't named the captain of the Edmonton Oilers. Um, all right, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. It, it is... It is going to be interesting to see how the Oilers this season handle adversity, how long they can stay in the playoff race. And, and, I, and I don't see them right now as a playoff team because I don't think they have the depth, though I, though I do think they're going to get better again. Well, they were 29th, so in overall standings, they should get better. I think they'll win more games. If I had to make a prediction right now, and this is not my official prediction, Kellen Kennedy, I could see them improving by another seven wins and getting to 38. I think that's within the realm of possibility. But 
you know, and that Rob Brown clip was interesting. And it was from March 12th, and we were doing a lot of speculating at that point. He said the Oilers need to stand, get players with cachet, with confidence, who can lead by example, work, work ethic, who can stand up and show or tell people what's acceptable and what isn't. And Lucic is like that. Uh, Larson, I don't know if he's quite as outgoing as Lucic appears to be. But you hope he's going to play hard and defend hard and and maybe lead in that way. Yeah, I always go back to two things that happened with this club in, in the in the three seasons. Well, I've been covering them five seasons, but heavily involved in the coverage the last three seasons. My first year, Matt Hendricks got traded here, and I did a first period interview with him, where he said he was he was still relatively new to the team, and he said we have to stop starting games so poorly. We need to be engaged. We can't wait to play our way into the game. We need to come out with fire. We need to come out with a little bit of passion. We need to come out a little desperate as opposed to actually waiting to fall behind by a couple goals. And then everybody, I mean, I think I we did 90 minutes of calls on it after that one game where the Oilers gave up uh, an early goal to the Sharks and disappeared until the third period. And Patrick Maroon said, we can't so we gave up a goal. Big deal. Go get it back. Go fight back. Don't add, don't pout and, and hang your head like it's the end of the world. So certainly I think Shirelli, now Shirelli didn't bring in Hendricks, obviously, but I think he's looking for players with that attitude who have been on teams where you've been in tense situations. You know, I mean, Maroon played in playoff games with the Ducks. Uh, Lucic obviously has the history with Shirelli, played in the Stanley Cup final, part of rivalries with Montreal and Philadelphia and all that kind of stuff, knows what it's like to get pushed around, knows what it's like to have bad things happen, and also knows what it's like, conversely, to have good things happen. I mean, look at at Lucic even with Boston. He was on a Stanley Cup winning team. He was also on a team that was up three games to nothing in a series against Philadelphia Flyers, right, and lost the series. Talk about the two extremes. He you know what? He's made it through both. They both continue to shape him. I'm sure Lucic draws on both experiences, game to game, day to day, as he as he tries to craft it out. And the Oilers, unfortunately, had been in a situation, and I'm not sitting here to to label. I mean, everybody wants to label. He's a bad person. He must be a powder. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like to do that. But the reality is, a lot of Oilers had been in a situation where they didn't know what it felt like to see anything go right, and they weren't surrounded by a lot of people who had been in a situation where they knew what it was like for things to go right or who could say, hey, everybody calm down. I've been through the muck, okay? Let's, let's calm down and remember what we're supposed to do. Pay attention to the details. It's one goal against. Let's not cry about it. Let's focus. Let's keep battling. Let's keep listening to our coaches. All that kind of stuff. 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Uh, John says, I think McDavid will be a great captain. Uh, I did not feel like Hall had the leadership ability that his contract warranted. That is from John. JJ said, uh, Lucic is probably the most accomplished player in that locker room. He came to Edmonton because of McDavid. Enough said. The kid absolutely deserves the C. A little more on this as we roll along. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chet.
You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Blue Jays now up 6-2 on the Angels, top of the sixth at Rogers Center. The Ottawa Senators have signed Cody Ceci to a new contract, two years, $5.6 million. He had 26 points last year, 10 of them goals. Gene Principe will be in studio in the next hour. That'll be fun. This portion of Inside Sports brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit them online at actionfurnace.ca. Eskimos Riders, Friday night, the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium pregame show at 6, two-hour pregame on Ched. The game will kick off at uh, 8 o'clock. Pat Watkins, Eskimos defensive back, named one of the performers of the week in uh, the Canadian Football League. couple interceptions against Toronto on uh, the weekend. We'll talk a little bit about Pat Watkins on the Eskimo secondary with Dave Campbell. He's going to be on between 8 and 8.30 tonight. All right. Uh, of course, you can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Uh... This texture says, uh, Hi, Reed. Do you think with Oilers players in the World Cup that their successes or failures there will carry over into the regular season? Hmm. I would say, I would say probably not. Uh, I, I, I would think that, you know, it's such a short tournament that it, they're going to have different teammates than they. Than they than they do during the regular season, obviously. I, I guess here, here's here's the thing: if 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 the under twenty three team wins the tournament, and Nugent Hopkins and uh, McDavid are the stars, could that help their confidence? Okay, sh- sure, but then it's still the grind of an eighty two game regular season, and you know where you know you're traveling and and you get into the dog days in february and all that kind of stuff i i guess the only thing that might maybe the the failures might worry me a little bit if if something really goes wrong for a player if he suffers an injury obviously or maybe is plays bad to the point that he gets a little rattled but but i think that with something pretty extreme would have to happen um i mean and like like i said it's it's such a short tournament it's going to be on a different scale and have a different vibe than the NHL regular season. They're going to come back to the Oilers kind of mid-training, well, no, not kind of, like mid-training camp, mid-preseason schedule and get into those games and, and then sort of have to re- readjust and the intensity will be different and there'll still be guys playing in the preseason who aren't going to play in the NHL. So um, that's... Interesting question. I mean, I I, I I wouldn't worry too much about that for, for that texture, but uh, I guess ultimately we'll see, but I, I wouldn't be overly concerned about it or I guess overly um, over the moon about it if a guy goes and has an incredible tournament. All right. Uh, Sean says, Reed, in the 1980s, the best choice for captain was obvious. Messier, the best player, is not always the best captain. Yeah, I don't know, Sean. I, I don't know if when Wayne Gretzky was named captain... Here's the thing. When Gretzky was named captain, Mark Messier wasn't Mark Messier, if you know what I mean. From what I remember, I, I was I was younger then. Um, I mean, certainly Messier became a dominant player. 
I mean, here's the thing. In in the late 1980s, you could make a pretty strong argument that the Oilers had two of the three best forwards in the NHL, Gretzky and Messier, with Lemieux being the other. Certainly some of the other, other best players would have included, uh, you know, Bork, uh, Patrick Waugh, certainly in goal. I mean, those would be some of the top guys from the 80s. But um, I, I think... I I I don't know, maybe, Sean. Maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying, but I, I think that when Gretzky was made the captain, it it had to be him. And Mark Messier is often remembered and labeled as, even by people who didn't follow hockey as their primary sport, as you know, he's often called the best leader in the history of sports. And I I don't dispute that, but I think when Gretzky became the captain. He, he had to be the captain. And, and, you know, you hear a lot of stories about Gretzky. He did have the work ethic. He did have the leadership. You know, Gretzky, Messier had, had the very outward passion. He had the glare. You, you know, he was able to play a nastier game than I think Gretzky was, you know, interested in playing. But I, I think in, in that case, Gretzky was the captain. Sean, I hope, I hope I'm not misunderstanding what you're saying, but... Um, as I remember it, as a kid at the time, when Gretzky was made the captain, no one was saying, oh, my God, why wasn't it Messier? I mean, I think Gretzky was pretty much the guy. Uh, John said, Reed, what are your thoughts on the remaining free agent defensemen? Is there anyone left that can help us like Wisniewski? Well, Wisniewski signed a PTO with the Lightning, was it not, Kellen? I believe so, yeah. He was with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, um, in ter- John, if you're looking for a power play vibe, to a defenseman, then no. I mean, here's the thing. The, the Most of the defensemen that are out there are in the Eric Griba category. And Eric Griba is one of the guys who still isn't signed. Maybe he doesn't wind up coming back to the Oilers. So here, here's the thing, John. The Oilers, I think Sean is calling in. That's good because if, if I hear, I'm glad he is because I may have totally uh, misrepresented what he was trying to text. The Oilers at this point, between now and the, the start of the season, are, are not going to acquire a, a power play defenseman. Is is this the Sean that just texted? Yes, I am. Okay, good, Sean, because I may have totally misunderstood what you were saying. Sometimes that happens on the text line, so go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Sean. I, went to, I just had a concussion. I went to school with Mark Messier, and you could see in his eyes that he was totally, completely focused. I mean, he never looked at anything other straight ahead. He just had focus. He, he, he knew when he was like 17 years old that he was going to be an angel and he was going to do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah he... in, New York, they, in New York, they call him the captain and they should. And that's all there is to it. Yeah, well, a special player, Sean, for sure. I'm not trying to suggest that that he wasn't. I'm just recalling from Oilers' history that that it, that it seems to me Gretzky was was the guy at the time. But obviously, uh, uh, Messier, pretty special career himself. Six fifty seven. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. Gene Principe is going to join me next. 6.30, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30, Chad.